Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome into Hour 2 of the Afternoon Show. I'm Than Bennett, in for Bill Arnold today. Uh, What a joy it was to have my friend Carmen LaBerge on with us in Hour 1. So grateful for her perspective, grateful for the way that she stewards the mantle of uh, truth and authority and, I would say, advocacy. We had this conversation about whether or not we are advocates and how to think about it through that lens. I am grateful for the way that Carmen advocates for truth and advocates for her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I just love the way she lifts high the name of Jesus, and I I would publicly acclaim her uh, for that. I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have this hour. It's going to be with Tim Walsh, and I'm going to introduce him to you in just a moment here. But first, I wanted to take just a minute to share a thought or two with you about um, both the conversation we had in the last hour with Carmen and then also how I apply that in my daily walk and in my daily work, there is a, there's a book that I'm reading recently. It's called Waking Up in Heaven. It's by Thomas Traherne. And he, Thomas Traherne was actually a 17th century Anglican priest. And we, I, I read a little bit from his, uh, from his work uh, yesterday on the show, but his manuscript actually went unnoticed or unrecovered for about 200 years. And it was, it was recovered and then updated uh, it was called Centuries of Meditation originally, and then they re uh, the, they updated it, called it Waking Up in Heaven. And there's just this passage that I thought was so applicable to the conversation that I just had with Carmen that I wanted to read it to you at the outset of this hour. It's called Two Worlds. It says, to condemn the world and to enjoy the world are things contrary to each other. How then can we condemn the world which we are born to enjoy? Truly, there are two worlds. One was made by God the other by men. That made by God was great and beautiful. Before the fall, it was Adam's joy and the temple of his glory. That made by men is a babble of confusions, invented riches, pomps, and vanities brought in by sin. Give all, says Thomas A. Kempis, for all. Leave the one that you may enjoy the other. Two worlds, leave the one that you may enjoy the other. To me, that embodies the conversation that Carmen and I had, that if you're going to, if you're going to stand on truth unapologetically, if you're going to advocate for that truth in the world in which we live today, it is going to feel like you are living in two worlds. And in many ways you are. In many ways, you are speaking for an eternal world that cannot be shaken, but you're doing it into a world that is shaking currently. And here's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is you can offer a hand to those who are trapped in the world that is shaking and draw them into the one that is firm. So I'd invite you to check out the work. It's Thomas Trahan, Waking Up in Heaven. This uh, That little blurb that I read is titled, Two Worlds, and I think we are living that out today. Okay, I'm really excited to have on this hour uh, Tim Walsh to have a conversation with him. And uh, I'm going to 
introduce him to you in just a minute here, but we're we're in that time of year, and, and maybe we're kind of coming at the tail end of it now as we move into into February, but we're at the front end of 2024 when I, I think a lot of us, probably most of us, and, and that includes Jesus followers and, and non-Jesus followers, we're, we're taking stock of our lives, we're taking stock of our habits, and we're deciding what we like and what we don't like, right? This is the, the New Year's resolution time. We're deciding what needs to be made new. And I, I actually think that's an especially appropriate conversation for those of us who follow Jesus, because so much of what is offered to us in the good news of the gospel is wrapped in that language of making us new. And so we're going to dig into that concept this hour. We're going to do it with Tim Walsh. And Tim, is uh, he's a familiar voice to many of you, been on this, in this broadcast before, needs no introduction for many of you. But for those who are just getting to know Tim, he is the Vice President of Long-Term Recovery and Mental Health Services at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. He's an ordained minister. He's got a very long list of impressive degrees from Hamline University, St. Thomas University, the University of Northwestern St. Paul, way more educated than I am, folks. That's good. Uh, He's a licensed psychologist, and for more than 28 years, he's been an executive leader in the fields of chemical dependency, mental health, human services, and corrections, and he currently teaches for the University of Northwestern St. Paul. So, Tim, I am... uh, I am not qualified to engage in this conversation <laughs> with you on an academic level, but I'm grateful you're here. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the afternoon show. Great. Thanks, Than. Uh, just one update to my resume. I, I am now the CEO of North Star Regional, and that's substance use disorder treatment. And so I just thought I would just add that uh, for the listeners. Um, so uh, what a wonderful introduction to this topic. I, yes, January is the time when we think about renewal. We think about what's new. Uh, what do we want to be new? What do we want to change in our lives? And, and actually, by this time of January, uh, <laughs> Than, uh, it's about 90 plus percent of all of our resolutions have gone by the wayside. And so sometimes we get frustrated. We get frustrated with, you know, uh, the lack of change in our lives. And we, we, we start to think about, what is it? What is it that needs to change? And I wanted to just do a deep dive with you, Than, on, uh, in terms of what does the Bible say about us? What mm-hmm. is it about us that can cause that life transformation, that renewal, that change? And, and what I'd like to get into is just every aspect of who we are, the dimensions of who we are as a human being, and what the Bible says about that. And each revelation from the Bible about that, I think, is all by itself going to be inspirational and motivational to us, but it also gets down to that core of what is it that transforms a life. And uh, so I'd like to lead off, if you don't mind, Than, with just reading a, a Bible verse. Certainly. And sure, just jump right in. And this is one that's probably familiar to all your listeners. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And where, what I'm leading into that, first of all, that is every aspect, every form, every dimension of who we are as human beings our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And of course, what's missing in that but in, in, is, is our spirit. Uh, so the first thing that uh, we learn in Scripture when we start, start taking the deep dive about who we are, what we are as human beings, uh, is that we are relational. And it's all about, and, and let me just put this back to you, don't you think that it's, it's all about the happiness in our life, the blessedness of our life has everything to do with the quality of our relationships? 
I certainly do. And let me let me actually follow up on that just a, a bit because it, I, I was excited when I heard you wanted to talk about this this topic. You know, there's there's obviously a, a bunch of different ways the conversation could go because scripture is replete with these promises, isn't it? It's constantly oh, it using language of renewal or transformation or or being born again, new birth, new creation, new heavens, new earth. And, yes. and maybe we can explore several of those. But I you 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 just touched on where I actually wanted to start with you. I I think the concept of being a renewed every morning, that that mm. really is found in relationship both with God and then with fellow believers. That that's where I would start with the concept. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm yeah, we're renewed every morning, especially we find that out in the Psalms, don't we, Than? We we find out that that renewal is every day, that that we ha- we can have that experience, that newness in the Holy Spirit uh every single day. And in in fact, when I've come on this program in the past, I talk about it is the day-to-day spiritual disciplines, the spiritual practices that we have that we can do every day where where that actually starts to transform our our body our brain and our life I'm a psychologist and I and I study deeply in neuroscience and these spiritual practices have proven in hundreds and hundreds of studies to transform the body and the brain we we literally will experience renewal of our of our mind of our of our whole body and brain as we practice every single day the ways that Jesus taught us and Everything from prayer to meditation to giving to gratefulness and thankfulness to uh, so humility exercises, all of those are things we can do absolutely every day. And as we practice that daily walk, that is what renews us exactly right then. I love it so much, and I want to get into um, the ideas of, of these transformal, uh, transformational revelations that you mm, talk about. Mm-hmm. But your your comments there, Tim. I want to. I, I actually want to ask about that. Follow up on that because uh, our family, my wife Brooke and I, we were in. We provide uh, what is essentially foster care for newborns, and so uh-huh. we have newborns in our home. And I was so fascinated, Tim, by the training that we got when we were uh, preparing to embark on this endeavor, and it came from a, a secular perspective, but basically it was it was impressing upon us the importance of bonding in the yes. first few weeks of a child's life. And uh, the, the, the trainer said something like neurologically that that ability to bond forms the foundation for every other process of the brain. And I, right. I just I, 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 I left that training and I haven't been able to shake it in the years since Tim, because I thought, you know, of, of course it does. We, we, we yes. were created to communicate with our creator. And so that mm. ability to connect, of course it forms the foundation for everything else. To me, uh, that's what makes us new, right? Right, right. No, and of course, the opposite is also true. That early childhood and abuse, mm-hmm. neglect, and so on severely uh, also limits our ability to to relate. But if we have a secure attachment, is what they call it. If we have a secure attachment. Uh, then we we have these bondedness in our early relationships, and actually there's been connection of that research then to then our ability to trust, for instance, a heavenly Father. 
uh, and to relate to God in an intimate way. And sometimes this, the early childhood experiences, which can be healed, by the way, uh, you can be healed from those early childhood experiences, uh, that that, if, if that's there, that can interfere with that intimacy, that connection, that bonding, that secure attachment. We become anxious and avoidant in our attachments. And, and again, that can be, that can be healed in our relationship to God, but you're exactly right. That early childhood bonding is the base. They call it the secure base for all other attachment and all other relationships. Tim, we're going to take a break here in just a moment, but I, I love how God does this. He, he, he did it uh, yesterday's broadcast. He's doing it again today, connecting these ideas together. We mm. opened our one uh, with Isaiah 43, 21, which says, The people I formed, I for myself, that they might proclaim my praise. The very reason that you and I were created was to be in communication, to be in communion with our Heavenly Father. And so that attachment is Mm -hmm. so uh, critical. When we come back, I want to dive into these uh, transformational revelations that you would talk about. We're going to talk about spirit form, soul form, Mm -hmm. and body form. My guest is Tim Walsh. I am Than Bennett sitting in on the afternoon show for Bill, and we will be back with more conversation right after this. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. And right now, there are kids in desperate need of Jesus, food and medical care. This is your time to become their champion, to change their life. When you sponsor just one child, you plant seeds of hope in their heart and you work together with people on the ground to change the families, communities, and the future of these kids. You might not be able to change the world, but for one child, you can change theirs. Meet the kids, find your child at MyFaithRadio.com. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. That's, of course, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm Than Bennett sitting in for Bill today on the afternoon show, and we are talking with my guest, Tim Walsh about making all things new, right? We're at the mm. the beginning of the year. Most of us probably have New Year's resolutions. And uh, if the statistics hold, then maybe one out of 10 of us are keeping those New Year's resolutions. But of course, mm. uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ really is about renewal at its foundation. And Tim, I wanted to uh, go a layer deeper with you now. You talk about a, a spirit form, you talk about a soul form, mm. and you talk about body form. Maybe Maybe let's start with spirit form. Help us out here. Yes, very good. So the reason I use the word form is because I don't like to use the word parts. Uh, mm-hmm. We were we were designed to be this triune being. We we image God that way, and because uh, we are a whole person, I like to talk about that as dimension dimensions of who we are, or the form of who we are. And so the first form is that we are a spirit. So the transformational re- revelation from God is that we are spirit. God is a spirit, and, and, and it says in the book of John that we, should, we need to uh, worship God in spirit and in truth. And so what that's revealing to us is, this, is what we call the spirit is our true self, 
That is our real self. That's the essence of who we are. We get caught up in how mixed up our soul is sometimes and our body and, of course, these the, the flesh uh, that, that tempts us and so on. We get caught up in all that and we start to think, oh, my goodness, you know, how can, we, how can it possibly be that our spirit actually shares in the perfect human nature of Jesus Christ? And, and yet that is what it is. That is our true self, our real self. And that is how we commune with God. That's how we connect with God. That's how we have intimacy with God is in our spirit. And once we realize that we are spirit, I am a spirit is, is what I would ask your listeners to say to themselves. I am a spirit because Jesus is resurrected, because he's ascended, because he's glorified, he's exalted, he is on the throne. I am in him. I'm in the full life of and of Jesus Christ. Think about that. You participate in the whole life of Jesus Christ. You are in him. That means that, as they say in the heavenlies or positional truth, uh, it's... You are that is already true. So I, I, I and I'm sure you're probably aware of that already not quite yet phenomenon idea, meaning we are already in the spirit in Christ, who we were meant to be, who he purposed us to be, to be whole, to be complete, to be perfect. We are already that, and yet we are becoming that in soul and spirit and someday in a glorified body. So my spirit is already renewed and we share in that perfection of who Christ is because we are in in him. That's so good. And I want to ask you essentially the same question when it comes to soul form and, and body form. But before we do that, you, you were speaking and um, I, I was thinking about uh, in, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 11, Ezekiel 36, it talks about giving us a new heart and a new yes. spirit. And I don't, I don't recall the exact passage off the top of my head, but one of those talks about giving us an undivided heart. And so, oh, so you, you, you talked about spirit form instead of parts. If we're, if we're walking in the spirit of Christ, we, we, we do have an undivided heart, don't we? That's right. So when, when we talk about transformation, so the, the, the two alternatives is to be conformed, conformed, to be formed along with the world, the world systems. And of course, the world systems are a mess. And we know who it is that the Lord is the Lord of those, uh, this, this, those systems. It's, it's, uh, those systems uh, are actually under the, the, uh, the throne, under the power of, uh, of Satan, those the world systems. And so we don't want to be conformed. And then as we, if we live a life where our spirit is connected to the world systems or to uh, false religions and so on, we get we can become deformed. Okay, so that's another idea there. But to be transformed is to take on a new form, and that new form, you're right, say you're right to say then that that is undivided. We are a whole person in relationship to Christ. Our whole body are, are is is committed to Him every day. We worship Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And the, and the key word there is all. So I, I actually think you've probably answered part of this question already, um, but you talked in depth about spirit form. The other parts are soul form and body form. You, you mentioned body form in there at the end. Mm. Uh, help, us, help us delineate between those three before we move on to the transformational revelations. 
Right, right, right. So when we're talking about the the spirit form, that that is uh, that is our ability to relate to God. That is our our consciousness of God. That is how God, through His Holy Spirit, communicates with us. Uh, and when we are in the Spirit, is our spirit is in the Spirit. And so that is the distinction there. When we're talking about our soul, what we're talking about is the part of ourself that is uniquely us. However, we are a unique expression of Christ in the world. And so our soul is what we tend, tend to think of as our per- personality. It also includes our will, our conscience, our mind, all of that. And, and what you brought out, which is the key word, which is the heart. The heart is, is, is at the core of our inner being called our soul. And we'll get into that in more detail. And our body is this vessel. It's the earthen vessel. It's, it's called the vessel of clay, according to, to Paul. The body is, is uh, we are embodied within, of course, an imperfect uh, flesh. Uh, and that flesh is not necessarily bad, but it can be if it's committed over to our senses. If we s- seek after sensual desires and if we do not follow after the will of God, uh, then that can become, our body can actually become, according to the Bible, what's called the flesh. So that would be the distinctions between spirit, soul, and body. But we were designed, again, to be uh, in embodied and well, ultimately in a glorified body, but we were, we were designed to be spirit, soul, body, spirit, soul, body. And that's, that's why it's not body, soul, spirit. It's spirit, soul, body as a triune person. Uh, one follow-up question on that, but first, the, the, the verse that I was looking for, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will give them an undivided heart mm. and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them... A heart of flesh. I wanted to follow up. You, you you said that personality is actually part of the soul form. Did I did I hear that right? Yes, yes. When whenever we talk about the soul, the soul again it includes uh, our first of all. I think the most important is our inner person, which is our heart. But when I say personality, I don't mean the psychological sense of personality. I mean the person we were designed to be, the person that we were created to be, the person that we are now becoming in Christ Jesus. So just to make a distinction between you know what the psychology thinks of personality. Actually, everything is, sometimes people think of everything that I'm talking about here as the, is the biblical uh, notion of personality, because personality, of course, is also spiritual, can also, is also embodied. We are in this world in an embodied way. Okay, so you, you alluded to this a moment ago, and I know you, you think about the, the constant renewal, the constant transformation that is the Christian walk. You know, we, you think about new creations, new mercies every mm-hmm. morning. Um, we think about this in terms of a number of transformational re- revelations. Mm. The first one is, I am in Christ. Uh, unpack that for us a little. Oh, that's so good. So that is, and in fact, Than, what, what came to my mind, especially in the last few years, is if we don't understand being in Christ Jesus or in Christ or in the Spirit, I don't think we understand the New Testament. I really don't. When Jesus Jesus tried to relay it to us, and he said, you know, I am the vine and, and you are the branches, which, which means that all of our nourishment comes from him, all of our life comes from him. But then when he was trying to, to, when he was trying to relay this to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. And so he's trying to relay to us this, this idea that we are born again in him, in Christ Jesus. And we tend to talk about this in Christian circles and sometimes even in church as if this is some sort of a metaphor, as if if it's a symbol, but the, the, the New Testament, which is, you know, through the Spirit of God, emphasizes that so much. It's over 250 times it emphasizes in that we are in Christ, in Christ Jesus, or in the Spirit. And that means I am a person with a 
in a person. And we've all experienced that once before in our life, haven't we? You know, we were all born of uh, of a woman, right? And so we we're all, we all have mothers, and so we were all, we've experienced this once before, and yet we act like it's all mysterious. That somehow, some way, in a metaphysical way, in a spiritual way, we are in Christ Jesus. He says we are part of His body as well. And so we are also in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We're included in Christ. And so what I wanted, what I wanted to emphasize here then is think about what is promised to us by the exalted, glorified, ascended Christ in the book of Revelation. We become what? A new humanity. We're part of his very body. We're the body of Christ. We're part of a new nation, a holy nation. We're part of a tribe, a new tribe, a new family. We're a new creature. We're a new creation. All of that is who we are. That's what we are, actually, in Christ Jesus. It's not our identity. It's our very being. I love how God does this when he threads conversations together. In the first hour, Tim, we had Carmen LeBurge on, had a conversation with her about how to be advocates advocates for truth in the world. And mm. she said, she said, truth is a person. Truth is a person, That's capital right. P. And I was asking, I was asking her how she advocates for truth in a, in a world that's gone wild and it has so much untruth in it. And um, she almost had, it, w- it was almost like she had a hard, hard time pulling that apart because she said, Than, all of me is dead. There, uh-huh. there, there's, there's no part of me that does not belong to Jesus. I gave That's all right. of me uh, to him. It's not compartmentalized. And so when you talk about being a new creation uh, in Christ, um, I think of Carmen's tr- words, truth is a person and all of me is dead. I, I, I think that's the concept, isn't it? Oh, right on. And it's, it's, so what Paul says over and over again is, I, but not I, I, but not I. It, 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 so the I, but not I is this, is you didn't stop being, when you became uh, a person in Christ, you didn't stop being a soul. You didn't lose your identity in him in that sense. Uh, but what happened is there is no person apart from Christ anymore. You are a person in Christ. You are a person within a person. There's no such thing as as Tim apart from Christ. Tim apart from Christ no longer uh, exists. And so she is exactly right on. And, and she's getting right at that idea uh, that we are in Christ Jesus and are uh, who we are, our very being, not just our identity, our very being is a person within a person. It's I in Christ Jesus. That is who I am. So good. I appreciate that so much. Tim, we're going to take a short break. On the other side of the break, we will talk about the other transformational uh, revelations that you have in, in mind. I also want to get maybe some uh, some input from you, some insight from you on uh, the, the mental health challenges that we do see mm. in our world today and how that speaks to a, a separation or a loss of identity and how how each of us can uh, have sound minds and can operate from sound minds if we are continually renewed in Christ Jesus. So that will be after the break. My guest is Tim Walsh. I am Than Bennett sitting in on the afternoon show for Bill Arnold. Looking forward to more great conversation right after this. It's the afternoon show. I'm Than Bennett in for Bill Arnold today, having a great conversation with my guest, Tim Walsh. And Tim, I wanted to 
uh, jump back in. But before we get into the next transformational revelations that you're talking about, I, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit sure. on the uh, from your professional experience. My my wife and I have a nonprofit that's rooted in Second Timothy one seven, which promises that believers can lead lives marked with power, love, mm. and sound minds. Right. That's right. And that we. We, we push aside fear and we conquer fear if we if we live lives rooted in that power and with uh, that love and with sound minds. I, I'm, I'm just wondering if you could speak to this for a moment, because a, a, a quick look around the world um, and certainly around our country shows an, an epidemic of the mind, doesn't it? Shows that, it does. Shows, shows that. Uh, certainly a mental health challenge, but I, I, isn't it rooted in this very topic of, of separation from identity with the creator? What, how, how would you unpack that? Yes. Uh, so first of all, let me just echo and amplify that, you know, even pandemic would not be too strong of a word to talk about the level of anxiety uh, and depression that's going on, especially with young people uh, in in our society, especially. And when we're talking about uh, what what it is that's driving all of that, what what researchers are coming to the bottom of, which shouldn't su- shouldn't surprise us at all, is it's despair. Hmm. It's despair, and the despair is. And let me con- let me connect all that. Uh, it's a sense of helplessness, of hopelessness. It's a sense that nothing is going to change. It's a sense that I'm not going to change. It's a sense that the world is, excuse my language, but it's right on, isn't it, uh, going to hell? Uh, and so within that, uh, despair is also a sense that uh, nothing we do matters. And so nothing I do matter, and I am disconnected, and my life is not meaningful, and my life is not purposeful, and I feel utterly alienated and estranged from other people. So obviously I have thought about this and felt this deeply and grieved this, what's going on, and it's in the very people that I treat, the people struggling with uh, alcohol and drug addiction and also mental health disorders. So that disconnect, what is fundamental to that disconnect is a disconnect of relationship to God, to other people, to self, that you call that identity, uh, but also just a creation itself. You know, here we are in this world and we feel alienated in the world itself. So that's the way I would unpack you know what you were talking about in terms of the mental health issues that are that people are struggling with today you know and it seems to me and I, I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth I, I'm, I'm not uh, in any way shape or form a, a mental health professional but it, it, it must be frustrating to um, when you know the solution has to include a reconnection right mm-hmm. with the creator mm-hmm. yeah that's good. Um, I, a lot of the industry doesn't have that component. Am I, am I right? I mean, it's, it, do you, do you bump up against that frustration? Oh yeah. Every day. And in fact, in the, the, where I work, uh, what we do, it's, it's almost like a seeker service. You have mm-hmm. to approach spirituality in a way where you re- recognize and respect each person's spirituality. And then you go from there, you build from where they're coming from and you try to do that with uh, dignity and curiosity and so on. And it's that, and so we call that spiritual integration. 
you know, in therapy, you don't leap right to a, you know, to a faith-based approach, you know, when you're working in the field, you have to start where where the client is at. And so I have to actually struggle through every single day. How do I translate everything I'm talking to you about? How do I translate that into the language and the experience of the people that I'm working with? Because, you know, I'm speaking to, I'm working with people who may be actually biblically illiterate. Uh, They may not have any faith, you know, as you're almost certainly aware of and the, the largest uh, religious identification now in the United States, I believe it's over 27%, are the nons. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the non, uh, they're, they're, they don't identify with any specific religion or faith. And so that's where people are coming from. And so we have to bridge that, and you bridge them to where they're at. So grateful for the work that you do. I think uh, it's it's incumbent on all of us as Jesus followers to to grow not only in the grace, but I would say even in the grit. Grow in the mm-hmm. grit of mm-hmm. being willing uh, to serve alongside this struggle and to to offer uh, true identity, to offer true relationship to those who who don't have it. Let's jump back into uh, unpacking these transformational revelations. The next one is my flesh is not my true self. Yes. What do you say? Yes, I'm going to give you a quick Bible quiz on this one, Than, and I know you're going to pass it with 100%. Uh, <laughs> so Christ died for how many sins? Uh, all of them. That's right. Uh, and for uh, what portion of humanity? Uh, all of it. That's right. Uh, so past, present, and future? Yes. That's right. And so there is this person that we have. Easiest test ever. (laughs) 100, you get a smiley face, you get a star. Uh, Exactly right. So there is this person that we wake up with every day. And, you know, when I do a meditation on uh, mercy, um, what I think about is every single day, and I'll talk about myself here, Than, I fall short of the glory of God. I am not perfect. I don't always do what's right. I know what's right and I don't do it. Uh, I don't follow exactly what God's commandments are within the Bible. Sometimes I follow my own sensual desires. And so what, what is everything I just have in common? That is my sin self. That is, that is sin. All of that is sin. And it's covered, yes, by God's grace and by God's mercy. But when we start thinking about what are we, who are we, uh, who is this person that sins? Because that person was actually included in Christ that, that, that went uh, to Calvary and died on the cross. He was crucified, and he brought that to the cross. And so that person that we talk about that is that falls short, that is here and now in this world that succumbs to sin and to sensual desires uh, and, and addictions— uh, that person in the, the the Bible's name for that is the flesh. That's the flesh, and that's when the body is given over to those kinds of desires. Well, here's the revelation and the transformational revelation that I believe the Bible tells us. That's not who we are. Hmm. That is not our true self. And and sometimes I don't know if you struggle with this. Uh, I certainly do which is I am so critical of myself. I, I tend to be actually quite judgmental about myself. And the other day I was pondering this, I, this, this very truth that my flesh is not myself. And I, I thought to myself, why am I judging what has already been judged on the cross? Why am I judging what has already been judged on the cross? And so the proper response of Christians, of course, to sin and to the flesh is to run to the Father. It's not to hide in shame. It's not to hide in guilt. 
And so, and, and by the way, God's, God doesn't save your flesh self. He's not going to save this body. Uh, that is not part of what he, he renews or transforms. And, but what the way that the Apostle Paul says, it's not me, it's the sin that dwells within the members of my body, and he calls it the body of sin and death. And it's once wonderfully, he leads into the one of the greatest chapters, if not the greatest, uh, in the Bible, uh, which is Romans 8, right? Who, who, who is it? I mean, what's the answer? Who shall save me from the body of sin and death? And of course, it's Christ Jesus. That's so good, Tim, and I think so helpful to separate. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, when I fall short, as we all do, it's very tempting to dwell in that and to sit in that and to stay in that. Um, you, you were talking, and I pulled up Lamentations three twenty-two through 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are what? They are new. That's right. Every morning, every morning, great is your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Let's um, let's jump into the next uh, transformational revelation. Also, if you have a question for Tim, text that in to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four again eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. The third transformational revelation: I am spirit. Mm, yeah, that's right. I am spirit. Remember what we said earlier is that my true self, my real self, the essence of who I am now in Christ Jesus is that I am spirit. And so what? let's, let's break that down according to what the Bible says. The truth of God's revealed word is illuminated in the human spirit. That's, that's where we are inspired is within our spirit. And God's life is given to my spirit every single day. The Spirit guides my spirit every day. In fact, I love the way Romans, uh, again, Romans 8, it talks about that the Holy Spirit is not only, you know, intervening, advocating for uh, us with, with God the Father, but the Holy Spirit then searches our spirit, right, and speaks to our spirit. And our spirit doesn't even know what words to say as we speaking in groanings and mutterings and so <laughs> on, and then translates that, that language of our, our very heart, translates that into then communicating with God. I think that is so amazing. And then we are guided by the Spirit every day. And I I was meditating on Romans 8, and I and I and I came to realize that through the Holy Spirit, I know whether I'm in the Spirit and then I can stay in the Spirit, or whether I'm in the flesh at any given moment. And I believe this actually, if you fast forward, every time we're in the Spirit, whatever we do in Christ, for Christ, and by Christ, we'll make it to the other side. That is not wood, hay, and stubble, as the Bible would say, that's going to burn up in the holy fire. Mm-hmm. It, that, is the, that is the gold, the silver, and of course in Revelation, it's even jewels, isn't it? Uh, that is what makes it to the other side. That is the substance of who we are that makes it to the other side. So, I mean, wow. I mean, that is what I mean by a revelation and a transformation of knowing that I am spirit. A wonderful promise to be sure. And as you were you were talking, I I, I love that you uh, used the fra- or the expression groaning. I actually mm. I, I write a newsletter called The Equipped. It comes out on Wednesday morning. So I was writing into this. We start by standing on truth, and tomorrow I'm writing about groanings and and singing and praising and how the earth is groaning, mm-hmm. and yet we are to sing through the midst of that. So I really appreciate that, Tim. We're gonna we're gonna take a short break here. We'll be back on the other side. We'll talk about the fourth transformation 
transformational uh, revelation. I am soul. My guest is Tim Walsh. I am Dan Bennett sitting in for Bill on the afternoon show, and we will be back with more right after this. Hi, this is Bill Arnold, host of the afternoon show. If you're a reader and you love Susie Larson, I've got quite an offer for you. She has written a new book called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Towards Healing and Wholeness. And you're not going to believe this, but our friends at Thomas Nelson, the publisher, has said we will give you 100 copies of Susie Larson's brand new book to give away. And all you have to do to enter to win yours is to go to myfaithradio.com, connecting faith to life, Faith Radio. It's the afternoon show. I'm Than Bennett in for Bill. Uh, my guest is Tim Walsh. We're talking about renewal and how Christ has made all things new, including mm-hmm. us. And by the way, he's making a new heaven and a new earth. If we have time, I want to ask Tim about that as well. But I want to I want to jump right back in where we left off with the fourth transformational revelation. I am soul. Tim, unpack that for us. I am soul. It's good. I should almost sing it, shouldn't I? So, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we have this inner person, and this inner person uh, is is what we identify as the soul. But the the soul actually in the Bible is fairly uh, complex. And so at the core of the soul, that of the inner person is our heart. And what we think of as our heart is that's where inspiration comes from. That's where enthusiasm comes from. That's where emotions, uh, come from. And that's what we truly believe comes from. And that's, and, and Jesus, of course, you know, says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know, and, and he also talks about what comes out of the heart. Um, and so, th- so that that so the heart is at the center of the soul, and I've I've thought of different ways of how to express what the soul is. Uh, you know, Christ, uh, we were there with Christ before the foundation of the world, which blows my mind. Um, mm-hmm. What that even means, you know, this this predestinated idea uh, in Christ Jesus, and uh, and it talks about that we were created for good works according to God's purposes, right? And that, when was that? That was that was before we were even born. We were created for God's purposes, and we are God's workmanship and designed for good works. Well, what, what who is that person? Well, that person is our soul. And the other, the, the one of the definitions that I just absolutely love is the soul is the person that we are becoming. And so the spirit is who we are. That's our true self, our, our essence and so on. Well, but we're in the process of transformation too, aren't we? We're not, it's that already not quite yet phenomenon. We're already in the spirit. We're already renewed. However, in our soul, our soul is in the process of being transformed. Well, who is that person who is being transformed? Well, that is our soul. Our mind is also uh, within 
uh, our soul. It's another way of talking about the soul. And of course, the mind is is way beyond just our conscious thoughts. It's the depths of our heart. It's pre-conscious, subconscious, unconscious uh, thought. And it's every capacity we have as a rational person, as a thinking person, as a choosing person, all of that is referred to as the soul. What is beautiful in the Psalms, you know, you just read the Psalms, and, and when we talk about uh, the soul, in the Psalms, the psalmist uh, speaks to the soul as if the soul is almost like another person and says, you know, uh, awake my soul, or my soul yearns, or my soul craves, my soul longs, my soul desires. And so all of that is coming from the soul, and so when we talk about the the afterlife or the life after life after death, is as, as one theologian called it, uh, when we talk about that, it is our soul spirit that is that is then present with Christ while we're in held by Him, uh, and while we are held by Him before the heaven and the earth, and so the soul is meant to be in union with the spirit, and the soul and spirit was not meant to be uh, alone. We're we're always in intended to be embodied as well and so the soul is supposed to be embodied within a uh, within a body and and of course what we're promised you know when we see this in Philippians and so on we're promised a glorified a new uh, body that is not corruptible that is not subject to decay and is not subject to sin so all of that there's so many ways to talk about the soul but that's that's just a a good overview then so, so help me understand this just a little bit. You said that that the heart is where what we truly believe exists, or, or something right. along along those lines. And I I have to admit, Tim, I have I have not thought of the heart and the mind as being components of the soul. So, can can you can you just pull those two apart a little bit? Help me understand the difference between heart and mind. You know, we talked about Second Timothy one seven. We we are to live with the uh, with sound minds, yeah. but where if if the heart is where where what we truly believe exists, what's the what's the neurological or even the even the spiritual difference between heart and mind? Ooh, that's good. Uh, well, so first of all, the Bible tends to use some uh, words interchangeably. Sometimes refers to soul and its its and and spirit, uh, and and is talking about essentially the same thing, which is that we are living beings. Um, and but when we talk about the mind. Uh, the mind, um, the mind is usually the larger concept. So if, imagine concentric circles, you know, on the outer part of who we're supposed to be is, is spirit and relating to God's spirit. Then you go a little bit inward and the next construction, uh, the, the next concentric circle is the soul. And within the soul, we have the mind and within the core of the mind is, is the heart. And the heart is, is the center, uh, of, of the, of the mind. Um, and so, uh, what's what's the difference? I don't know that the Bible would make a huge difference, other than to say that the mind is is more complicated. You know, that's where we have our will, our imaginations, our perceptions, our attentions, our habits. It's so the mind is so broad. It's every capacity of human cognitive functioning. Uh, sorry to sound like a psychologist there, but that's what I am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, but then when it gets down to the true affections, uh, the commitments, 
the, the the loyalty, the honor, the obligations, the duties, uh, the the uh, true character of a person, then the Bible tends to use the word heart because that is the very core of who you are. That's who you truly, really are. Is your is your heart? It's what's coming out of your heart. And of course, that is also why the Bible says in Ezekiel, uh, "What do we need? We need a new heart." Hmm. I love that visual. It actually it, it it helps me understand the the concept of uh, how important it is to have a pure heart. If that sits at the core, then the condition of our heart is going to impact our mind. It's going to impact our thinking. It's ultimately going to impact our our relationships and how we walk right. through all of life. So I, I appreciate you you pulling that apart. The other thing that it brings to mind is I think it's going to determine whether or not we are life giving to mm-hmm. those around us. Yes, is, is it not? Yes, it is. And in fact, that's that's one of the things that I ask people. Um, are we, yes, are we life-giving or do we suck the life out of people, you know? And, and of course, if we're, I believe if we're operating in the Spirit, if we're being guided by God, if we're, if we're uh, now being as Christ to other people, we're not just like Christ. That's the way I, I like to say that then. We're not just like Christ. We are to be as Christ in the world. You know, we are not just his representatives. We're part of his body and we're representing him here on earth. And if, if we do that, if we treat people the way Christ treated people, uh, we will be life-giving to them. And in fact, I I think that's a a huge attractor. That's one of the things that attracts people uh, to faith is when we are as Christ to other people. That's so good. We've only got a, a couple of minutes left. I appreciate your your insights. I, I actually want to ask you something a little bit outside this, but just well, in, sure. the, in the theme of renewal and making all things new, I, I just can't help but think about the promise of eternity where God mm-hmm. is going to make mm-hmm. a new heaven and a new earth. And I think about the promise from Revelation where where he says the one seated on the throne is going to say, I am making everything new. And maybe maybe just say a word about looking toward that day and, and how we how we live from that place in the in the current day to day. Well in in fact, um Than you're hitting on things. This has been the, the center of my heart. Uh, I, I even started to tear up as you were talking about that is when I was trying to think about how do we express to people what the gospel is, uh, three words, all things new, all Amen. things new. And so, uh, you know, here we are, we, we were just talking about anxiety and depression and despair and, you know, and all the nihilism that's in the world and all that. Wow. But that what Christ says, the one who's on the throne says, all, I am making all things new. And so let's talk about all things. He, it, we're talking about a new heaven. A new heaven what? Uh, where the presence of God will be back upon earth, where the presence of God will be amongst his people again, where the earth will now be renewed. It's groaning for its own redemption. And so the earth will then also be nude, renewed. And so then also then humanity, we, we become part of all creation. It's not just, it's not just all about us. All of creation will be renewed. And along with that new creation that is being renewed is a new humanity. We become new human beings. We're, a, we're of a different, essentially a new race of humanity, a new race, a new humanity. And within that, we are new creatures and, and we're new creatures in Christ. We're a new creation altogether. So we are, and, and more specific than that, we are people in Christ and being renewed in Christ and becoming as Christ 
Christ in the world and filled with the Holy Spirit and moving from glory to glory to glory in transformation. That is the gospel of all things new, and that is good news. Praise God. Revelations 21, 4 and 5 ends with this. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. My guest has been Tim Walsh. Tim, I am so grateful for the last 60 minutes. I am so grateful for the promise of renewal. Uh, thank you for walking us through it. I, you, you, you did it in a way that even someone way less educated than you, like myself, mm-hmm. it's understandable. It's accessible. So thank you. Thank you no, for being with us. Thank you. It's been my honor. I'm Than Bennett. It has been a pleasure to be in for Bill this afternoon on the Afternoon Show. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this each and every day this week. You were made by God. You were made for God, and you are loved deeply by a very big God. I'm Than Bennett. This is the Afternoon Show, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.